This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything that might happen to be on your mind. The toll-free number for you, 855-450-FREE. It's 1-855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And JJ. And we invite you on over to the website at freetalklive.com. Head there, and you'll be able to interact in various different ways. In fact, create the content of the site by finding something online you think is interesting. Submit it as show prep there at freetalklive.com. And then others can vote as to whether or not they like or dislike your suggestions. And then you get to vote on things as well. So go on over there and get interactive at freetalklive.com. So, as always, much to discuss here tonight. I was uh, threatened with stalking today. Stalking? Yeah. Ian, I, th- I, th- I thought I told you to leave her alone, man. <laughs> it wasn't, actually, it wasn't a woman. Uh, it was uh, Bob Tebow, who's the out-of-control bailiff at the uh, the courthouse. We talked last night in de- quite a bit of detail about how they arrested two of our friends here, uh, some of the liberty activists in the Keene area, because as uh, listeners who've been listening for a while know, we moved here as part of the Free State Project, uh, you and I, JJ, as well as hundreds right. hundreds of people moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project to get active for liberty in our lifetime. And uh, some of that act- action is going to court and supporting people that, that have court. Well, I actually had court yesterday, and some of my friends came out and supported uh, me there. And, well, they tried to. Uh, they actually didn't get to see the trial because everyone was kicked out of the courtroom because all of them stayed seated for the man in the robe when he came in the room, and he doesn't like that very much, so he ordered them all to uh, to get out, or the bailiffs ordered them all to get out, and two of them did not get out fast enough, basically, so they were arrested, charged with contempt of court, and then the almighty road man decided to gr- show them mercy and allowed them to uh, to leave after being processed at the jail. All right. Thank you, kind sir, for, for not, not taking more of my freedoms and times and energies, sir. You've That's been right. awful kind to me. That's pretty much all it was. I mean, it was just <laughs> look at me. Look how powerful I am. And this I'm- was Arnold, right? Right. Judge Arnold, who's the same guy that sent me to jail for uh, for 58 days for standing in front of a police car. So uh, he ch- he cut them loose, but you know we were pretty upset because these bailiffs are out of control. There, they're cracking down on press freedom. You're not allowed to enter that building with any kind of camera or cell phone or anything like that. And it's just absolutely outrageous how they're uh, they're treating people. They drag Jason Talley from Talley.tv across the floor uh, by the handcuffs, causing him uh, damage. And none of this was able to be caught on film because we weren't allowed to have cameras in the courtroom. That's at that right. Point. And isn't it ironic that you were there because of transparency issues with your 91A requests? Right, where they they won't release what should be public information to the public. Right. So, I mean, the whole thing is a huge scam, and it's awful what they're doing to to folks. And so, you know, I guess some of us decided that we weren't just going to let it sit, uh, that uh, that this morning we were going to go back to the courthouse. And we did, bright and early, courthouse opens at 8. We were there at 7.30. And the guy that we really wanted to talk to, turns out he was already there, so maybe he got there at like 7. But we were able to be there for probably the super majority, 90-plus percent of the staff, the courthouse, arriving in the morning. And, you know, we were out there wishing them a Merry Christmas and also asking them questions about how they feel about the fact that one of their colleagues or a couple of their colleagues arrested, kidnapped people for not standing for the judge. Of course, most of them didn't really want to talk, but nonetheless, we had our video cameras out and uh, filmed all of them arriving and, uh, you know, in the cars that they were driving and, uh, you know, watched them getting out of their cars and, you know, got pictures of all of them as well. Derek J. was there taking uh, still photos of uh, of everyone 
and Damo and I had uh, video cameras rolling. And you were wishing them Merry Christmas. That's right, and uh, Merry Christmas, exactly. And so we came back later on this afternoon as well because we weren't able to see Bob Tebow uh, in the morning, so we really wanted to see him. And uh, we figured we'd be there when he gets out of work. And of sure. course, you know, the the sheriffs then come out and threaten us. Uh, they say that you can't be getting in people's way as they're trying to walk somewhere or they're trying to drive their car, which, of course, nobody did. It's ridiculous. Uh, the, he said that someone claimed that we had in the morning. And I said, well, I'd like to see, you know, the evidence of that. And uh, so, that, you know, there was a conversation about what it means to get in in someone's way. We talked about that. And then he suggested – so, like, he suggested that could be disorderly conduct. So if you were to, for instance, stand in front of someone's car, that would be disorderly conduct. Uh, but, again, we weren't intending to do anything like that. We just wanted to wish folks a Merry Christmas and, uh, and you know, be there to uh, see them off into their vehicles in uh, the well, parking lot. Well, also to investigate as to whether or not they had any, you know, humanity or compassion towards individuals who have been violently treated the day before. This is true. We did actually get a couple of folks to talk to us a little bit, and one of them was fairly friendly, and he was one of the the, uh, the judges. So uh, well, Interesting. Which... Yeah, not one of the court uh, criminal judges, but I think he's like the, the so-called marital master. Uh, and that video is going to come out over at freekeen.com, so keep your eyes there for uh, for that. But then they threatened us with so-called stalking charges. And the suggestion there was that if we're following people, even if it means following them to their car, that uh, as, if they feel like they're afraid for their life, that that could be considered stalking. Well, it sounds like another uh, catch-all sort of situation first they come out and say we're going to throw you in this catch-all called disorderly conduct Mm -hmm. and now we're going to throw you in this catch-all called stalking because you just happen to be around this individual and they feel threatened it's not that anybody followed any of these court employees to work no no everybody was already there at their place of work their public place of work as they all work for the state Mm -hmm. so they're all public servants and or civil servants in some cases i'm sure and so they were on the job on the record. Well, the claim was that they weren't on the job, that their job ended at 4 o'clock, and that now they're private citizens. Mm, interesting. I didn't really agree with that assessment because I feel like – and I, I, should, I didn't say this at the time, but I basically when he suggested that, I said, yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, but you know, on further thought, I, I thought to myself, well – you know, I'm on the air on Free Talk Live for three hours a night, but I'm still Ian, the talk show host, every other hour of the day. And if someone wants to come up and ask me a question about talk radio, then, you know, I it's it's my prerogative whether or not to talk to that person, right? Anybody that approaches you on the street, if they ask you something, well, it's a nice day, isn't it? You don't have to say anything to them or what do you do for a living or, you know, whatever, a question about specific. Maybe they know I'm in talk radio. Oh, hey, I heard your show the other night. What did you think about this caller or whatever? I could simply say, sorry, too busy, got to go. Or I could stand there for a moment and say, oh, well, yeah, blah, 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 blah. I could answer that. I mean, I'm still who I am professionally right. all the time. Well, and not only that, but you're also a member of the media. So if you're there asking these individuals questions along with Adamo and Derek, who are also members of the media, you're simply investigating a story. You're, you're there to capture some story. And stalking, I don't think, applies to media personnel. Like, like look at uh, the paparazzi, for example. If mm. stalking was against the law for paparazzi, you know, they'd all be in jail. I mean, it's, that's, that's not... That's point. That's just them doing their job. My job is to take pictures of, of interesting individuals, and, you know, that's the, from a paparazzi standpoint. So that, that, that's what they do. They follow people around, and they take pictures of them, even in embarrassing situations, and they get away with it all over the world. So it's, it's just... Uh, 
I think it's it's crazy for them to to accuse you of stalking. I think well, it's just- Brad Jardis, who's a former police officer, has written up a piece over at freekeen.com about his thoughts on this. He says that stalking is one of the most difficult uh, statutes to prove. If if you don't already have an anti-stalking order issued against you, it is very difficult apparently for them to prove this. But uh, the the stalking statute uh, here in New Hampshire, at least, says that it, that it, it can't include constitutionally protected activity. But it doesn't go into detail about what that means. I mean, presumably being the press would be constitutionally protected activity. But then again, we've seen exactly how these people think about the Constitution. They just crap all over it. Exactly. And so, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they trumped up some stalking charges and then, you know, later down the line dropped them on and, and, you know, you didn't even go to trial on it. Well, not only press would be an out for you and some other individuals, but just as well, redress of grievances. Like, you you have a grievance against this, this body... This body politic, whatever it is, this part of the state, right? And you want that a, grie- a grievance re- redressed in some manner in which it makes you whole again, and so you're seeking out individuals that can, you know, give you some information, maybe uh, help you out. Like you, you met that one judge who you said was sympathetic in some. Yeah, some ways. he said it, he said it was good that we were asking these questions. So, so, like, he was in favor of us being there asking those questions. 855-453, that's the toll-free number. Uh, you can take control of these airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind, but they're, they're desperate, yeah, man. They just love to hold on to that, that reign of power and yeah. control. And how am I supposed to talk to this bailiff if they won't let me in the building with cameras? Like, how, as a member of the press, am I supposed to even talk to this guy? I guess you're not supposed to. Well, right. The only way to do it is to wait outside his place of business or find his house. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The, the GPS, GPS Black, Black Box, Box Dash, Dash Cam. Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at FreedomCam.net. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Take control of these airwaves. Dial in toll-free. The number for you, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You know, on the uh, this program over the, the years, we've talked about one gentleman who is a blogger over at pixic.com, P-I-X-I-Q, uh, formerly known as Photography is Not a Crime. And I guess he's still calling it that, but it's a, su- a sub-blog of uh, Pixic. Anyway, his name is Carlos Miller, and he's a photojournalist who – that's his profession. Yep. Uh, he works down in the Miami area and kind of got into the world of press – Freedom, really focusing on that issue, photography freedom, when the police had uh, threatened him and arrested him one night when he just happened to be in Miami driving somewhere, saw an accident scene. And, you know, he's a photographer, so he he pulled over and got out of his car, pulled out his professional camera and started shooting photos of what was happening. And uh, the cops surrounded him and they threatened him and they, you know, arrested him and he ended up going to court and winning down the line 
but it's never easy to go through these things. And and ever since then, he's really been uh, Johnny on the spot when it comes to kind of following the news about uh, press being uh, the press being oppressed and uh, and reporting on it over at Pixic.com and his photography is not a crime blog. Turns out. He is going to be speaking at the Free State Project Liberty Forum. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's pretty exciting. I, I mean, I think the guy's a hero. He, he stands up again and again and again in the Certainly. face of threatening bureaucrats, threatening guards and, uh, and cops, and just refuses to back down. I mean, once you start doing this, it gets hard to back down. Like in the in the beginning, it's easy to back down because you don't want to get arrested and it's you know it's scary. They they could hurt you. But then the more you stand up for yourself the more difficult it becomes to back down because you just don't want to back down anymore. You're so used to standing up for your freedom that backing down is a real kind of shrinkage. It hurts. And so Carlos Miller will be speaking at the 2012 Liberty Forum, which I'm pretty excited about. In fact, there's talk that we might be able to get him out to Keene afterwards as well for Interesting. activism. So that could be cool. Uh, but head on over to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Get registered with our coupon code FTL2012. And that'll get you 10% off the already incredibly affordable prices. If you've ever been to a convention before, you know these things can be hundreds of dollars. Like the last radio convention I went to, it was only uh, two nights, and it was 400 bucks. Uh, so this one is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's all weekend long, and it's just over $200 to get the VIP pass that gets you into all the, the, you know, the banquet dinner, the uh, lunch, whatever luncheons they're going to have. Uh, all the panel discussions, the keynote speeches, the whole deal. You'll get in. It's so affordable. Go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. But the reason to go isn't to see you know speakers like uh, Peter Schiff or Carlos Miller as much as it is to network yep. with other like-minded, liberty-oriented people. So many interesting and fascinating individuals to meet. And I'm sure no matter who you are, you're going to you're gonna come to one of these events, that, that either the Liberty Forum or Porkfest, but the Liberty Forum's coming next. So mm-hmm. you're going to come to Liberty Forum and you're going to meet at least one or two individuals who you definitely connect with. If, if you're a liberty-minded individual and you, you know, are, are desperate for people to talk to and just sort of agree with instead of disagree with, if you're constantly just finding people that disagree with you, then you definitely should spend some time with, with individuals who agree with you just so that you can feel a little bit more sane, I think. <laughs> it's great. It is a real experience, I think, for people that have never been to New Hampshire before, that have never experienced what it's like to be around hundreds of other people that are of a like mindset. So if that sounds interesting to you, you really should go to freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. Use our discount code FTL2012. Uh, so, as mentioned, uh, a lot of people up here, certainly in our area, and it, it does happen in other places in New Hampshire, but we have a habit of not standing for men that wear robes when they walk into their uh, their room of doing so-called business. And this can be seen as uh, upsetting to some people. Some people see that and they don't understand it. They, they don't understand, well, why wouldn't you stand for the judge? Well, it's simple for me as a mostly I mean, you know, kind of a Quaker uh, – that no man is 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 above another man. No no human is above another human. No woman is an, above another man. Uh, no woman is above another woman. No man is above another woman, etc. We're all equal, right? And uh, so by standing, it shows some level of uh, you know respect. importance and and respect that maybe not has not been earned. Uh, and so I found something here that is kind of relevant to that. It's a post out of Minnesota.publicradio.org. One of two Somali women charged with funneling money to a terrorist group in Somalia was taken out of a federal court in Minneapolis a couple months ago because she refused to stand for the judge as the trial opened. 
An attorney for Amina Farah Ali says she refused to stand on religious grounds. It's a new experience for the justice system here, but there are several instances of this dilemma facing judges in Europe. In 2008, Mohammed Inayt refused to stand for a judge in the Netherlands because he considered all men equal. The court agreed to allow him to sit, although members of parliament were outraged. One said, it can't be so that an individual with extreme ideas can tackle general manners. Last year in the UK, several Muslim protesters who were accused of insulting soldiers returning from Iraq also refused to stand. They were threatened with contempt of court, but the judge backed off, eventually allowing the defendants to enter after she was already in the courtroom. Wow. The men claimed it would be a grave and cardinal sin to show anyone other than Allah respect by standing. The Islam Q&A website addresses the question of whether Muslims should stand as a sign of respect. They say that one who claims, the one who claims that there is any created being for whom one should stand out of respect have given that created being one of the rights of Allah. Hence, the prophet, that is Muhammad, said, whoever likes men to stand up for him, let him take his place in hell. So they were pretty serious about this idea yeah, that... of not standing uh, for another man. Well, I see it more like a religious yeah, it's it's sort of like okay, if you were in your church and the priest gets up there and everybody get does you know every day in in certain churches you do certain gestures like mm-hmm. standing, kneeling, and and all that sort of stuff, and that's what it's it sort of feels like is that the people who are upset with the individuals who don't stand are not really upset with that person so much as the disgrace to the the, the church of the state. That's what the, basically that Judge Arnold's lecture was to Jason Talley yesterday. We came in kind of halfway through it because we had arrived late, unfortunately. And uh, we heard him basically telling him, well, I wasn't offended personally, but it's, you know, you've, you've offended the court. You've, you know, you've offended uh, the system by not doing this. And, and they, you know, that's really important to them because if people don't take their system seriously, then it'll start to be laughed at and it'll start to be seen as, you know, a dangerous so joke. What Basically what I see is, is Jason, he said Zeus doesn't exist as a god mm-hmm. and the priest of the temple of zeus said yes zeus does exist you will acknowledge zeus and it's all mythology that's the state and all this pageantry is mythology based and it's it's the belief system that the state is god and that you side to god by giving your taxes and you obey god and then you pray to god by talking to your representative or some some uh, poor excuse for redress of grievances yep but that's the whole idea is that the state is God and those individuals who are upset when you don't comply, it's more of a religious sort of upsetness. It's like, well, you insulted my religion. Right. You want to see that? I mean, there's video that we're going to post over at freekeen.com probably today or tomorrow that shows this bailiff uh, literally raising his fist at me today and coming at me. Oh, he doesn't like you. Made a beeline for me. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number, 
855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we supply to you there. Uh, you know, those other talk shows want to charge you for their sites. We do it free over at freetalklive.com. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here. And JJ. And uh, we're going to get to your phone calls here in a moment, 855-450-FREE. But first, I want to invite you to freedomsphoenix.com, where they're uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship we have with coercive governments. FreedomsPhoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to FreedomsPhoenix.com and sign up for the free daily dispatch. Again, FreedomsPhoenix.com. We've been talking about uh, not standing for robed men while in court. I think it's it's such an important thing to do for me because uh, it's it's a religious belief, I think, to say that uh, all men are created equal or all humans, I guess, are uh, created equal. And, and you don't even have to be religious to believe that either. But tends to be that courts seem to to respect religion more so than just somebody having a regular belief. So it doesn't hurt to kind of lean on that particular uh, tent pole, if you will. Right. It's not like you can have an independent thought that doesn't have any basis in some dogma or texts somewhere, that, you know, religiously. It's it, right. That's not allowed. But if you're religious, well, okay. Well, then I guess you can act weird. Exactly. And, of course, it's only seemed as uh, seems weird because everybody does stand for the judge. And well, so actually, seems- you know, since I've been here in New Hampshire— uh, just past four years at this point, every court case I've been to that I can recall, there was no standing involved at some point. This is true. Uh, at least the activist folks uh, yes. are not standing. And in some cases, that's the whole courtroom. In some cases, it's 20-something people in a courtroom and no one stands. And it, usually- it became such a, a habit, in fact, that when I uh, represented another activist uh, through power of attorney and just this hearing, I forgot to stand when the judge came back in. And he called me up to the bench and gave me a warning and said, this is your first strike. You're, right. member, you're an officer of the court at this point. And I was like, I, I can't wait for this to be over so I can leave. It's right, like, because when you swear as uh, when you swear as like a temporary attorney, you're not an actual attorney. You're kind of working as a rep representative for right. that person by by their consent. And when you do that, they say you have to follow all the rules of the court, which means you had to like dress nicely and yeah, yeah, which he didn't like. Stand up, sit down, stand up, <laughs> sit down, do all that nonsense. Yeah. So, uh, so just a little more on this, and then right to your calls and your thoughts at eight five five four fifty free. The piece is from Minnesota.publicradio.org, and they're talking about uh, Muslims and and how they feel about this issue. Very similar to uh, Quakers in their belief that all humans are uh, created equal. And uh, it's further clarifying, it says here, whether it's permissible to stand as a sign of respect. The sign also says it is not permissible for the Muslim to stand out of respect for any national anthem or flag. That's I, I like that. Yeah, me too. So, uh, I don't. I don't. You know, the the flag you were talking about the religion of government. Exactly. Uh, the flag is essentially you know the Jesus on the cross. It's the shroud of Turin. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so no, I'm not going to stand for that. I'm not going to put my hand over my heart. Uh, I'd rather not be there for it. In point of fact, I find it creepy that people are pledging oh, allegiance to a, a cloth. Yeah, and and that's the thing right there. Break it down to its strike the root. You know, break it down to its simplest components. You are pledging legion, allegiance to this flag. Now, I understand the flag is supposed to be in the country, but you're not saying I pledge allegiance to the country. You're not saying I pledge allegiance to my fellow citizens. No. I you're saying it's to the United States. Yeah, to the flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag and the United States of America. It's like 
Why why would you pledge allegiance to a flag for one and why would you simply pledge allegiance to America at the, at this point in time when America is such a killing murdering uh murder fest type country yeah, absolutely. at this point why would you want to be allied with that so uh so again uh, so Muslims don't stand out of respect for a national anthem or the flag rather it's a reprehensible innovation which was not known at the time of the messenger of Allah or at the time of the righty guided caliphs, and is contrary to the perfect to perfect tawhid and sincere veneration of Allah alone. Still, when hundreds of people, many of them Muslim people from Somalia, took their oath to become U.S. citizens last July, everyone stood. And so, you know, clearly people uh, bend their beliefs, and well, they don't always stand by them, especially when peer pressure is behind it. When you're in a room full of people who are all standing up, most folks even those who have whatever religious beliefs they have are going to go along with the crowd. I think there there is also a point at which people want to just get this over with. You know, when you're dealing with the government and if you've ever had any long extracted, you know, sort of experience with the government, you know how painful it is each step of the way and each process, each each dotted T and and slashed I that you make is then called upon by the government, you you know, I need a new form. You know, that form isn't right. And so I imagine these people getting their citizenship, they were like, I don't want to cause any sort of hiccup. I don't want to cause any sort of inconvenience for myself or my friends. Yeah, it's probably the case that if you don't do exactly as they say, then see you later. You're out. So one eight five five four fifty free is the number here. I believe that uh, people here are going to continue not standing for these judges. So this conflict is going to continue on. Uh, of course, there are certain people that say that you should stand for the judge because it'll you know help your case or whatever. But I'm sorry, I understand that maybe some people believe that's a pragmatic thing. But for me, it's wrong. Mm. For me, I, I'm doing something wrong by doing that, and I can't really. Well, with myself, I, I, I like can't. That. I can't really accept the argument they give for standing. I mean, why? Why should I stand for the judge? And they say, okay, well, it'll help your case. Well, why? Why should that help my case? Shouldn't my case be judged on the merits of the facts I present? Yeah, and the, right. And, you know, the present the arguments. World. No. Right. Yeah. Of course not. Let's go to Amanda. She's calling from New Hampshire. Amanda, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey guys. Hi, JJ. Hey, hey how's it going, Hi. Amanda? What's on your mind? I'm really excited because. Um, all of our ducks are in a row with the Shire Sharing Project, and we'll be delivering 24 backpacks on Christmas. Now, uh, who, to whom are you delivering the uh, backpacks? The homeless of Manchester. And there are more than 24 homeless sure. people in Manchester, but that's as many donations as, as we've raised so far. So. Wow, great. Now, are you teaming up with uh, like a local homeless shelter to assist them with, a, with some sort of a project? Yeah, the Homeless Services Center. It's... Um, it's a it's a new operation. It's a daytime center where people can go for like uh, resume help, shower and shave, stuff like that. So outstanding. We've talked to you before about the Shire Sharing, which had a different name formerly, but I think Shire Sharing is uh, much preferable. In fact, you just launched a website. It's pretty basic at the moment, uh, but it's shiresharing.org, which I think is great. I like alliteration. Right. It's alliterative, and it also expands the Shire uh, concept uh, into a new area. The Shire is this idea uh, that essentially creates another society. 
because uh, some of us have, have been frustrated over the years of doing activism by government bureaucrats saying things like, well, you're part of our society, so you have to follow our rules. And uh, so kind of some of the idea behind creating the Shire Society was to create a, a different society. So when somebody makes the, uh, you know, the suggestion or the declaration that you are part of our society, you can say, well, no, I'm not. I, I signed the Shire Society and, declaration. And we did, in fact, sign it. That's right. We had it actually drawn up. Uh, Davi Barker, uh, who is uh, the Muslim agorist, uh, he – Muslim anarchist? Muslim agorist, I think. Anyway, he, uh, he lives out in California, and he took the Shire Society declaration and did calligraphy with it like really nice fancy pen work on on nice hemp paper and so kind of like the original uh, constitution or declaration of independence it's on that same sort of paper and and we brought the that out to the uh, the porcupine freedom festival in 2010 and we had a, a public signing of this document but obviously not everyone was at the porcupine freedom festival so later on shiresociety.com was launched and there were very high quality uh, high resolution photos that have been taken of the original documents those were placed online you know for archival purposes and there's also of course a digital version you can take a page and you can print it out and you can read the declaration for yourself and it's essentially a declaration of personal independence from the idea of the coercive state and uh, you know a declaration of peace and voluntary and consensual interactions with other human beings it's very short it's very simple and I think it's something that people that love liberty will be able to look at and and feel comfortable getting on board with. Uh, Amanda, did you have more you wanted to talk to us about with Shire Sharing? Um, go to shiresharing.org and make a donation so we can deliver more backpacks. I think it's exciting uh, what you guys are doing because uh, this, it's just getting started. It's taking off so fast. Right. So we're going to yeah. – I mean, where Shire Sharing going to be in a year, five years? I think, I think that's really the exciting part. But uh, good job, and thank you, Amanda, for the call tonight. I appreciate Thanks. it. com is where you can go as well. There's now a map actually up there as well. Free talk line. Beware the man with one gun, for he probably knows how to use it. Never has this been more true than with the Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. The one rifle to have, if you could have only one. It's the perfect lightweight, hard-hitting, do-it-all bolt-action rifle. Affordable, versatile, and reliable. Delivers 10 rounds of 308 Winchester performance. It's compact, lightweight, and accommodates a host of optics. Visit Ruger.com slash Scout Rifle or your local firearms retailer to learn more. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. It's mine, and it's American. Talk live, dial in toll free and bring up what you want. The toll free number is 855 453. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, 1 855 450 3733. And joining you tonight, it's Ian and JJ. You can join us over at freetalklive.com. We've got a mobile site. Go to m as in mobile.freetalklive.com. You'll get quick access to our live streams uh, as well as the podcast, m as in mobile.freetalklive.com. So you can bring up absolutely anything that you want. Got an update here, and then coming up, uh, JJ, you're going to tell us about a, another out-of-control police officer and what he did to a man that, uh, well, apparently was fresh out of the hospital. Uh, but first, an update on the Postal Service. We had mentioned uh, maybe about two or three weeks ago that there was there was kind of big news. I mean, there has been big news continuously about the Postal Service having some financial difficulties, serious financial difficulties like hemorrhaging billions of dollars like a billion dollars per quarter more wow. or more 
uh, just Not surprising, huge. And in in fact, in fiscal year 2011, it lost more than five billion dollars. Needs to shed about 20 billion in annual costs by 2015. And, of course, you know, these are government agency, and, of course, they claim they're not, but they really are. They're still backed up by the, the federal government. How can they not be a government agency? Their name is the U.S. Postal Service, for one. Well, they like to claim that they're quasi-federal or quasi-private or Well, whatever. they're all incompetent, regardless. Yes. They are incompetent, and so it's kind of amusing and sad and at the same time to watch them as they struggle in their death throes uh, due to... Yeah, one of the factors is the internet. It's a big factor that people just aren't sending letters like they used to, unless they're over the age of you know sixty-five or something like that. And uh, so, folks just aren't using the internet, or they're not using the postal service for what they used to. Uh, and people know that if they really want packages delivered on time and in a efficient manner and trackable, then they should use something besides. Not the only post that, office. but accountable. I, I know uh, someone I know recently got a package that was damaged mm-hmm. and. It's just the process you have to go through in order to get this package taken care of versus dealing with a private business is just, just uh, it's ridiculous. And if UPS or any other of the shipping companies that are, that are private and that have been very successful in the wake of the U.S. Postal Service being unsuccessful, they know how to handle these situations much better. And they're very quick and efficient. You have a problem with your package. There, there are se- several people willing to talk to you and help you out, whereas the Postal right. Service, it's, oh, well, we got to find our supervisor. And then next, after the supervisor, supervisor says, oh, well, here's a form, but really you should be calling this number. You shouldn't even be de- dealing with us. It's like there's a there's another out, they outsource their problems to another location is basically what they do. They just don't care. Do. They have no incentive to care because they know that they're going to get funding whether or not they treat you right. So – Here's an update on this case because the last we'd heard, the post office was talking about some changes next year. They were talking about shutting down approximately half of their distribution centers. They were talking about closing thousands of their little offices that they have in different towns around uh, different areas. And uh, and at the same time, they also weren't going to sh- fire people at those places. They were just going to close the locations and like move their jobs somewhere, which really isn't a very cost-cutting measure at all. If you're not cutting staff, then you're not really cutting right. costs because that's the number one cost in any business for the most part is what you pay the employees. But there's an update because they were originally going to change, make these changes in January. Like it was coming Im- imminently. Well, now, according to Reuters, the Postal Service has agreed to a five-month moratorium on closures of post offices and processing facilities while lawmakers hammer out legislation to overhaul a cash-strapped mail carrier, according to a group of U.S. senators. So they've avoided having to close any of their stores for another five months at least. Right. So we'll hemorrhage half a billion dollars during this time and try to figure out how we're going to salvage this this horrible experiment. Which they've been trying to figure out for a while now. We know, and I've known for a while. While, and I, I don't know if how many people pay attention, but the, the post office has been losing money for a long time. Yeah. It's this nothing new. new. Right. The Postal Service was studying closing about 3,700 money-losing post offices, uh, and they were considering closing hundreds of processing centers as well. The senator said the postal officials agreed to push back the closures to give lawmakers time to pass legislation that would help get the Postal Service back on track before the end of fiscal year 2012. When the mail carrier said it could shut down the Postal Service, which does not receive taxpayer money to fund its services, which 
isn't an exactly it has true laws, statement. It has laws that state that they're the only people who can carry first first class letters. Correct, which is mail under a dollar. That's right. So as far as I'm concerned, they have monopoly on first class letters. It's a huge subsidy to, to them. Yeah, due to regulations and laws. And as, that's hand in hand with the government. Not only that, maybe what they're saying here is a true statement. It doesn't receive taxpayer money to fund its services. But it does receive taxpayer money to uh, – you're giving an example of how the regulations help it. But it does receive taxpayer money, as I heard last – and please correct me if I'm wrong on this at 855-453. – but it does receive it to uh, – uh, it re- receives taxpayer money to, to shore up their retirement fund because they can't afford to pay all these postal bureaucrats. I mean the post office is, I think, larger than the army, and uh, the, they, it's a huge wow. bureaucracy. And so they're paying big time in pension funds to these bureaucrats when they retire. And they're not making enough money off the 44-cent stamp to be able to pay all those uh, bureaucrats and have you know whatever the cost of the bureaucracy covered on top of that. So they, they turn to Congress for that sort of stuff. And now they're turning to Congress for a bailout here. They're turning to Congress because they're not really private agency. In order to change how they do business, they have to ask permission from Congress. Exactly. And so, if if Congress is is sitting there looking through legislation in order to fix the problems with your company, you are not a public or you're not a private company. You're that's n- right. you are, you are a public company. Period. The House and Senate may ha- or have until May 15th to reach an agreement for the postal reform which will bring the postal service to a financial status where they can continue and expand operations. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, according to Senator Dick Durbin, Several members of the group have been critical of uh, Postal Service plans to close facilities, particularly in rural areas. A House of Representatives committee and Senate committee have been have passed postal overhaul bills, but neither is expected to be voted on by either the fall, full House or Senate this year. Two proposals differ on key issues such as when the agency should be allowed to end Saturday mail delivery and how offer how to offer relief from a multi-billion dollar annual payment to pre-fund retiree health benefits, which the agency says it cannot afford so once again they're going to have to be bailed but that's out. a repeat all over the country people are talking about uh california and the pensions for californian um you know public servants going under there's like a i, I saw some internet thing and i don't i'm not big into percentages but it said something like 88 percent chance that california pensions will go under within the next year and, and you know what? After seeing, uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> After seeing uh, some of the pension information that's even here in New Hampshire, New Hampshire has a very bad pension system at the moment. They're under, under, um, I guess, what? Not enough money. Yeah, underfunded. Yeah. Exactly. So that's uh, happening in a lot of places. Pensions are the killer for a lot of these governmental businesses. If you want to call them businesses, but any governmental right. agency, uh, there that's one of the de- the sweet deals about working for the government is you work usually for like twenty years and then you can retire and boom, you got ninety percent of what you were getting paid before and you're not doing a damn thing. Right, and that's the big selling point for a lot of these individuals, especially police and fire. And the problem is they are going to be pissed, and they are when any cha- potential changes come up to this pen to any pension system. The unions go crazy, and it's usually the last thing that the governments will touch because they don't want to deal with having to fight the unions on it. And so, you know, they're pretty entrenched, and it's really difficult to change the pension system. It's sort of like the pension system is the 
the heaven that awaits you if you serve if you serve the state mm-hmm. masters you have a heaven awaiting you and it's the pension system right. and you're going to get all this gobs and gobs of money and you can you know you could stack pensions you can get a pension from fire department you can get a pension from the police department and then you know civil uh, civil whatever like uh, working for the city or municipality so like you can stack pensions and then live in a lap of luxury when you're 60 and for for most of the bureaucrats over the last few decades, it's been a it's been a good plan for them. I mean, it's worked out. They've gotten their checks, but it's coming to the point where those checks might stop coming. And this is the thing: when you make a deal with criminals, which is what the government is, it's a group of men and women using force to do so called business with other human beings. When you make a deal with criminals, you shouldn't be surprised when the criminals change the deal. Right. And if the deal has to be sweetened so that it almost is too good to be real when you're getting a yeah. pension that's ninety percent of your wage, that listen think about it. That's too good to be real. The the reason they have to do that is because people don't actually want those jobs. They don't actually want to sit in those cubicles and work for the government and be a part of this big machine that doesn't even care about its own people. It doesn't care about anything. All it cares about is continuing its own growth. So the Postal Service will uh, be continuing with all of its full operating uh, op costs for the next five months as they continue to hemorrhage cash and the federal government attempts to figure out how to change that situation from a central control perspective. You, you can't it's not ba- going to work out. No, you, you can't bail out an inner tube. It's got a hole. <laughs> <laughs> More coming up here. 855. I've never heard that one before. 855-450-FREE. You can take control. Hour 2's next. It's Free Talk Live. Do you want to do something that will impact the world in a positive way? Do you have a skill or ability that could help advance human freedom? Introducing the Freedom Engineers. Freedom Engineers are a cadre of builders, coders, designers, funders, and more from around the unfree world who are right now collaborating on the technologies and enterprises that will build the free future. Join a growing network of inspired individuals to get the help you need to complete your radical idea, or jump in and lend a hand with exciting projects already in motion. Go to freedomengineering.org to get connected. Sign up for the free newsletter and check out the Freedom Engineering blog to hear the latest about what's happening behind the scenes. Freedomengineering.org. It's time to build freedom. This is Free Talk Live, launching into the second hour of the program. The toll-free number is 1-855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 855-450-3733. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. They're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And, of course, you can uh, join us on the phones, 855-450-FREE. We were talking about the Postal Service in the last hour and how they were originally going to close down uh, hundreds of locations, hundreds of distribution centers and thousands, like 3,700 local postal centers, uh, postal offices, you know, maybe uh, like in a small town or something like that, or maybe just closing down half of them in any given city. Uh, this was a pretty big plan that they had, and it's been put on hold uh, for another five months. So they'll continue to hemorrhage cash uh, for that period of time while Congress attempts to figure out how to save this 
poor, pathetic, struggling, dying animal from extinction, which seems like despite the fact that they have a monopoly essentially on uh, you know mail delivery as far as first class mail is concerned, despite that, they still can't make it work. They still can't pull it off to keep this business so-called afloat. And they are trying some desperate measures, I guess, in the meantime, according to uh, CBS in New York. They're now delivering mail after dark. Apparently, this is a way to cut down on debt. Now, I'm not sure how As you said earlier – the main cost a lot of businesses face is labor costs. So if right. they're extending their hours of delivery into the dark, I think they're just going to incur more costs. I don't know if that means that they're only delivering in the dark. Uh, it says here that, yeah, okay, their the routes are growing longer. The last few years, Postal Service has consolidated 500 routes in the tri-state area. And so maybe this is a New York thing or maybe it's a nationwide. I'm not sure. The post office forces have seen their already long routes grow even longer, forcing them to work into the night under what some say are dangerous conditions. One postal worker said that it's crazy. You can't see the mail. It's pitch black. You can't see the mail from the streetlights. You can't see where you're walking. You could hurt yourself. Trip like that, one said. And that's true. If they start getting more injuries of their uh, agents, then was it really worth, you know, whatever the health care costs will come out of having to cover the Well, that. if do these routes, these longer routes, I would I would assume entail overtime or paying people even more money to Maybe. work the later hours like they do in most businesses or most. I don't I don't know if this is a business anymore, but it's uh, something. Yeah, I, I think it's just there. It's, it's difficult to understand how they they plan on actually solving this problem when if they can't get the job done now okay if they can't make money as it is right now without charging exorbitant fees for each piece of mail i can't see how this business is going to improve to be profitable well they are planning on raising the fees of course uh, but it's only going up from 44 cents to 45 in, in the new year apparently so you can always count on new uh, new rate increases, but like you said, they would have to dramatically increase. It. They probably would have to increase it to a buck a a, a package or, or a buck a, a piece, and then at that point, then they're no longer subject to the regulatory protections. Of course, Congress will probably raise that uh, that limit. Sure, because right now it's a dollar uh, is the maximum that like if if you're charging a, a less than a dollar for mail delivery, you are breaking the law. And that's why the Postal Service is the only one who can uh, who can do mail delivery for under a dollar. So it's very strange. Like, I still don't really quite understand how this cuts costs for them. Uh, another agent says they're hard times. They say that uh, the morale is – this person started working in 1985. He says the morale, the morale is the lowest I've ever seen it. So these guys are not having a good time at their jobs. No. They're being asked probably to do more than they've ever had to do in the past, take on perhaps more responsibilities, longer routes, etc. They're being asked now to take uh, more dangerous routes as a result of it being dark out. Uh, One person says you don't want to be at the wrong spot at the wrong time and ring the wrong doorbell uh, because he feels like it's dangerous uh, in some of those uh, neighborhoods out there at at nighttime. Well, certainly. And and individuals aren't used to getting mail delivered to their house at At night. night. No. Yeah. So when you hear someone coming up to your, your house at night, you're, you're extra cautious. Want, yeah, you're going to want to investigate or see what's going on. So that's one of the things they're trying to do here in the, the meantime to, to somehow stop their hemorrhaging of cash. But it's not going to work. I mean, this is – they're also saying it's temporary. 
uh, because of the holiday rush. This is their spokes bureaucrat saying that this is this is not here to stay. But some of their employees believe that it is here to stay, holiday or not. Says there are long hours and we just have to do it. There's work to be done and we just have to do it. 855-450-FREE. That is the toll-free number. By the way, this I didn't know. Union officials contend the proposed cuts will only further weaken the Postal Service. Under the federal law, USPS cannot declare bankruptcy. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. So let's go to William listening in Dallas. You can bring up whatever you want. William, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hello, William in Dallas. William in Dallas going once. William in Dallas going twice. Okay, he's gone. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number here. And by the way, we're live. It is uh, the Christmas week, the week leading up to Christmas. Uh, Free Talk Live is here every single night, as we are, always are, seven nights a week, live from 7 to 10 Eastern. And you are certainly welcome to join us here on the air about whatever might happen to be on your mind. Uh, we'll be live Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve. What about Festivus? And Festivus, which is tomorrow, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So uh, 855-450-FREE is the phone number here. Uh, In other news, JJ, you've got a story about the police. That's right. I've got this story from courthousenews.com out of Clarksburg, West Virginia. A man plowing snow for a church pastor claims a police chief violently and falsely arrested him and that he... And that when he asked the chief to take it easy because he was disabled, the chief said, disabled my butt and need him in the back, Dislo- dislocating four Whoa. spinal probes. Oh, my God. Floyd Teeter oh, Jr. Wow. sued the town of Terra Alta and its police chief, Justin Burke Childers, in federal court. Teeter says the governor declared a state of emergency after a February blizzard this year. Teeter borrowed a French tractor to help clear roads, French driveways, and fire hydrants when a church pastor asked him to help out fearing someone would be injured trying to drive through this snow-covered intersection. Teeter says the State Department of Highways workers gave him a thumbs-up for his work. Then Chief Childers appeared and complained about Teeter's snowplowing. Mm-hmm. Teeter says he parked the tractor in the church parking lot, and Childers jumped out of his police cruiser and then arrested and handcuffed him. Teeter, who has undergone, undergone spinal, spinal surgery... So had, everybody else thought he did a good job, is what you're yes, saying. Yes, exactly. The pastor asked him to help out. Right. He's been helping clearing Fred's driveways. He's he's been clearing uh, intersections. The Department of Highways give him a thumbs up for his work, and then the police chief uh, apparently had a, a problem with this situation. Jeez, Teeter, who has undergone spinal surgery and had 16 probes implanted near his spinal cord, says he told Childers he was disabled from spinal surgery and asked him not to cuff him behind his back. Mm. In response, defendant Childers threw Mr. Teeter into the snow on his face pushed his knee between Mr. Teeter's shoulder blades in the exact spot where Mr. Teeter had 16 probes implanted near his spinal cord and handcuffed him, according to the complaint. That's just got to be absolutely... I I can't even imagine how excruciating that is. I I mean, I I can't imagine it. The fear in your mind that that this is on my spinal cord, which, which, if damaged, could leave me paralyzed. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the most critical places of your body, and this police chief just doesn't care just doesn't care. Mr. Teeter told defendant Childers he was hurting him and asked him to call an ambulance because he feared the defendant had moved the probes in his spinal cord and would be and his spinal cord would be injured. In response, defendant Childers rolled Mr. Teeter onto his back, yelled, disabled my butt, and pushed his foot into Teeter's chest. Teeter was hospitalized and then taken to a jail and booked on charges of his obstructing an officer and putting <laughs> materials on a highway. 
He was then sent to another jail where he was strip searched, sprayed by a garden sprayer with delousing chemicals over his entire body Mm. and put into a jail cell, the complaint states. Mr. Teeter was released from jail on February 20th, 2010, after posing a $500 bail. When he arrived back home, Mr. Teeter learned that defendant Childers had impounded the tractor despite the fact that Mr. Teeter left it parked in a church parking lot. And in a private parking lot of the guy who'd asked him to, to clear the, yes. the intersection. And his son had told Childers that he would remove the tractor from the lot. Incredible. The, the story goes on. I want to hear more. 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So he's suing this police officer. Will he have any success? I wish I could be more optimistic. It's Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Get interactive there. Lots to do. The webcam is included. You can go and watch and listen. You don't have to pay any kind of membership fee or anything like that. It's just right there over at cam.freetalklive.com. And built into the same page is our chat room. So go Interact with other listeners, watch the show if you'd like, cam.freetalklive.com. We'll take you there. Again, cam.freetalklive.com. Wisefoodstorage.com. They offer delicious, ready-made meals like cheesy lasagna and savory stroganoff that are packaged for freshness. But it's not just dinner meals. They've also got breakfast uh, as well. So there's a whole variety of uh, different sorts of meals that they have available for you and your family to help you through some sort of uh, event that might unexpectedly occur. You never know when somebody's going to become unemployed or food will go you know, hard to find during perhaps a natural disaster. Uh, it's good to have something that you can count on that's going to be there in your basement or in your pantry or wherever you, you will store your food away. It's a wise investment. Indeed. Hence the name, wisefoodstorage.com. Call them up at 855-FOODWISE today and get a free entree sample. Try it for yourself. See what you think. You'll find that these are amazing products. I mean, 25 years these things will last on the shelf, and they really taste good. So call them up, 855-FOODWISE. Go to wisefoodstorage.com. When you're ready to order, use FTL as your discount code, and that'll get you 10% off of your order as well as free shipping. So again, 855-FOODWISE or wisefoodstorage.com. Discount code is FTL. This uh, psychotic cop we're talking about here uh but in what town was it do you recall what town this was uh jj where the story's where based out of um uh, clarksburg west virginia but the town is called terra alta and uh so basically what happened is mr teeter is uh acting as a a a kind helpful person helping during the blizzard he went around shoveling out friends driveways clearing intersections and then this, this is a guy who had spinal surgery by that's the way. right so this this gentleman had spinal surgery and had 16 probes placed into his uh, his spinal column near his uh, 
spinal cord. And he's still willing to go and help uh, move snow around. That's right. And- Assist so, people in his and, community, and at the time he was helping a pastor. A pastor had basically asked him to help clear an intersection that seemed dangerous, mm-hmm. and so he he took his time to help clear this intersection, even though it's obviously the city's responsibility. Right. And then the chief of police basically uh, took issue with what he had had done, even after the Department of Highway Workers gave him a thumbs up for his work. Took him down uh, Face to, first. The, to the the ground, put his knee in his back right over where his surgery happened. Yes. Causing excruciating pain. And then he flipped him over and then put his knee in his chest God. while he was handcuffed. Ends up t- uh, impounding the tractor, which was parked in the private church parking That's lot. That's right. And, uh, and, and now this guy's being sued. This police chief is being sued. Yeah, Mr. Childers' uh, police chief is being sued. What else do we need to know? M- Mr. Teeter had to pay $150 in towing and storage fees in order to retrieve his, tra- his tractor that was pri- uh, parked on private pro- property. Mm-hmm. Wow, peas aren't good for me today. Right. Mr. Teeter had to hire an attorney to, f- to defend himself at four court hearings against charges that were ultimately dismissed by oh, state no. prosecutors due to insufficient evidence. Wow, and what did that cost? Hiring an attorney for four court hearings, probably exactly. several thousand dollars. When Mr. Teeter was able to see his own physician, he had learned that four of his 16 spinal probes needed to be adjusted because they had shifted dangerously close to his spinal cord as a result of his arrest. Mr. Wow. Teeter's leg and neck have also been in pain since his arrest as one of his spinal vertebrae con- continues to move out of place. Oh, man. Teeter seeks punitive damages for false arrest, excessive force, malicious prosecution, and civil rights violations. And he's being he's being re- represented by uh, some uh, lawyer out of Pittsburgh. Wow. So this I, is... I, I wish him the best. You I know, really hope even it works when out. Even when you're in a case helping out individuals, giving of yourself, even in a condition that might not be right for moving snow. You know, you've had spinal surgery. You, maybe you shouldn't be moving snow. You're right, right. So he's out there doing the good deeds that... that so many of these uh, religious books that the state likes to put on their money and God we trust and whatnot, the religious books and all these uh, the fine, you know, kind deeds, and he gets uh, basically beat up for it. And the police chief decides, uh, you know what, Sick. I-, I have power and I'm going to use it. And I, I wish I could be more optimistic, but it's my prediction that this man will not face any consequences for it. This police police chief, if anybody gets, if this guy gets a payout, it's not going to come from the police chief. It's going to come from the taxpayers, yep. as though they were responsible for his actions. Let's continue here and talk to William. I think we're going to try William one more time, listening in Dallas. Are you there this time, William? Yes, sir. And what's on your mind tonight? That's a horrible story, and I wish I would. I could say I was surprised. Yeah, I know, man. But Okay, but anyway, I was going to complain about the uh, taxes uh, here in Texas. Okay. Uh, in my life, I've probably bought, oh, man, I don't know, probably... 15 to 20 used cars. I'm only 35, but whatever. But uh, one of the things that we used to better do here in Texas was a lot of times you get a car that's, you know, worth $5,000 or whatever, and you buy it for, say, 4500 and you put on your taxes that you only paid three grand for it mm-hmm. or 2500 or whatever. Sure. You know, and I've done it. Uh, so anyway, they, I guess they're... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, to save them taxes, I mean... Right. Tax, taxes on a $5,000 car costs a lot more than taxes on a $3,000 car or a $2,500 car. Yeah, and generally, if you don't go too low on the number, they won't really investigate it, and they won't call you out on it. I, it when I was in Wisconsin, I, 
I know of myself and other people who had bought vehicles from family members or from a friend, and we just put down one dollar as the cost. And when and they I went, never went, no, and, they never really read. They never said anything. It was kind wow. of commonplace, actually. Interesting. So what's yeah. going on there now, yeah. William? Well, in fact, Houston even could do like a gift thing. It was like a ten dollar fee. Mm-hmm. But exactly. now they want you to, uh, if you call it a gift, they want you to provide documentation that it was a family member and all this crap and everything. But I'll give you a couple of examples. What they do, though, like uh, a few months ago, I bought a uh, 1990 Cadillac. Uh, this is a mint condition Cadillac, but it needed some work as far as engine. Okay. And uh, I bought it from an old coworker of mine. I gave $500 for it. <clears throat> and... Uh, for whatever reason, and it wasn't even right. I had to spend, you know, $2,500 fixing it. But uh, anyway, the, the courts or whoever determined that, yeah, that car is really worth more like, you know, fifteen or 1700 or whatever it was. And that's the taxes I paid on. And there are ways to get out of it. Like, you can hire a state. A so, wait a minute. The state, state decided what your car was worth? Yeah, they they do something like a black book. I don't know what that necessarily means. You know, there's a Kelly Blue Book. So so even though they have no idea what the actual condition of the car is, they just arbitrarily say, oh, well, the Blue Book says it's worth this, so you, this is what you're going to pay taxes on? Right. And, and like, you know, wow. a while back I sold a, I sold a wrecked car to somebody, and I bet you he ran into all kinds of hell because the car it was drivable and everything, but it was like a – the car was a good condition car like that. It was probably worth $7,500. Mm-hmm. But it, the rear, it had easily four grand or five grand worth of damage to it. And, but he's uh, having to pay the full seventy five hundred dollars tax rate, is what you're saying. Yeah. And when did yeah, they, when did they make this change? Oh, I guess four or five years ago. But they're, I also want to they're point just out one desperate other for thing. cash. Hang on, we can bring you back on that one more thing in a moment. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves. There's never enough for the governments. They're always looking for more. It's Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. It's the Porcupine Realtor. Do you want a home with 20 acres, a lakeside cabin, any takers for renters, buyers, and sellers too? Mark Warden is the guy for you. PorcupineRealtor.com. Free Talk Live. We're here to take your calls about what you want. Dial in toll free 855 450 free. 1 855 450 3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we will share with you there. Unlike those other talk show hosts that would like to charge you for their sites, you get ours free at freetalklive.com. And it's thanks to great folks like uh, Jason Osborne. He's the guy that's behind SACL CAI, and we've talked about SACL CAI quite a bit. They are the sponsor of our phone lines here. Uh, the toll-free number is brought to you by SACL CAI, and they have a full-orbed approach to account recovery. SACL is really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you, so their staff is respectful. They record every call and have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at the top of our banner column over at freetalklive.com. We've got William on listening in Dallas. Uh, William, you called about some changes to the Texas 
auto taxes, where now instead of being able to self-report what your car was valued at, the amount at which you purchased it, because that's the true market value, uh, whenever buyer and seller come together and agree on a price, that's the market value of whatever that object is. And now Texas is saying, and I guess for the last few years they've been doing this, now they're saying, well, it doesn't really matter what the condition of the car is. We're just going to go ahead and... Hello? Hey. Everything all right there? Yeah, I'm sorry. I was talking about the stepdaughter. Uh, yeah, and you, you, you summed it up really well. Like, uh, And one of the things about well, that... Well, what they're I doing is they're, they're telling... I didn't quite finish it because you were talking with somebody, but uh, what, what they're doing is they're just charging a flat rate based on how old the car is. It doesn't matter what the actual condition of the car is. Somebody who's got a crap can version of the same car is going to be paying the same amount in taxes, and that doesn't seem right, but it's the government. They're going to do uh, whatever they want. So what else did you want to share? Long story short, basically, no matter what you pay for the car, you're going to be taxed on whatever they decided that you should have paid or whatever. But, but the other thing I was going to say, if you think about it for a minute, when you buy a brand-new vehicle, let's say you buy a $25,000 car brand-new, and you pay you pay the taxes on it at that time, and then let's say down the road it ends up with five different owners, well, that's what really angers me. You know, that car is going to get taxed five times or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just sick. It's just sick. That's all. Yep, I'm with well, you, that, man. That's how the government typically works, is they'll tax things as many times as possible. Uh, normally, it's it's you get taxed for the item when you buy it. You're taxed by the shipping truck that pays the gas tax to ship it. It's I mean, there's taxes all over the place in order just to get you items to your, your respective uh, retail location. William, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. We're going to allow you to take control of the airwaves. That's the point of this program. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. And since you brought up uh, the cops, I've got another police-related story here in a moment. It's about the war on drugs. In this case, it's the good guy cops. Uh, we'll talk to, uh, to more about that here in a moment. But apparently we actually have Google on the line. Uh, Google has apparently become self-aware enough to call into wow. Free Talk Live uh, tonight, and so this should be interesting. Google calling from undisclosed, uh, I presume everywhere, because Google is everywhere. Ian. Yeah, it's nowhere. Hello? Yeah, Ian. Um, probably don't have too long, but uh, you can probably listen to the last commercial break and see. I've been getting served two internet. Your commercials are um, being scrambled, so the the... Huh? Oh, sorry. Uh, all right, I got to stop listening. I Google, are you so, all right? I need. I, you're confusing me. I mean, is this your first time communicating to the human world in in voice form? <laughs> Hello. No, I talked to you the other night. Anyway, um, you did. You were called Google all the time, and D- then what? For um, for commercials, sometimes they put different content on with Who? phone numbers and websites. I can't connect to a secured website, SSL, with the HTTPS. Um, it's almost like a rolling blackout anywhere I go. I've tried going three, four different places. I mean, it's... What are you ta- where are you trying uh, to go? I'm, I'm confused. Well, do you, do you guys have uh, HTTPS for your live stream? Um, what you're asking about is uh, you know, kind of like a technical question for people that don't know uh, HTTPS. Sometimes when you're uh, looking at your web browser, you'll see that instead of just HTTP, and the S stands for secure. Um, and the answer is, I don't think so. I don't think there is a secure version of our, our web streams. You're saying you're having trouble getting into the streaming at freetalklive.com? No, I've, I've got your scre- streaming, but... 
the streaming from my telephone here is different from the streaming on the internet. Like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. You can always contact the uh, the admins over there at Google, and maybe they can uh, help you with that. Very strange call. Thank you for the call. Eight five five four fifty three. I mean, we can't do tech support on the air, right? Like, free so, talk. Basically, you're saying that the the ads he's hearing he's over the phone anything. is just, different. It's nonsense. Okay, it's a bunch of nonsense. Okay, like he's just throwing out tech terms and. Like making no sense whatsoever. Okay. In my opinion, I mean, I'm no, I'm no programmer, but I know a thing or two about computers, and uh, that made no sense to me whatsoever. So Google doesn't communicate well. No, it was not a very good crank call. If that was uh, intended to be a crank call, it was not was not a very good one. Okay. Uh, so eight five five four fifty free is the number here. And usually if there's some sort of technical difficulties with Free Talk Live, we'll, we'll hear about it from more than one person. But I appreciate anybody that calls to let me know about a, a technical difficulty. However, you don't need to do it on the air. Like if it was a real tech difficulty, you could just contact us through the website or post on our Facebook page. That's probably the most effective way to, to give us a heads up is to post to the Free Talk Live Facebook page if you're encountering some sort of issue. Because then someone else who's also a Free Talk Live listener will see that and they'll say, oh, yeah, I'm experiencing that, too. Or, well, that's working for me. So, you know, you maybe can probably get troubleshooting help right there. Absolutely, from other listeners that probably actually know a lot more about uh, tech and and how things work. Um, But it just doesn't make sense for somebody to call and and try to get tech support over the airways. You know, this isn't the Kim Commando computer uh, show. (laughs) And you laugh. There really is a lady called Kim Commando. Wow. Yeah. She actually actually does a pretty good show. uh, But even she can only get so technical on the air right you don't want people right. to tune out because i mean unless understand. okay unless your demographic is those individuals who are interested in those hard technical jargon sort of speak you know conversations which are probably very few <laughs> exactly so 855-450-FREE uh you can call about anything but generally it has to be something that we can discuss with you something that we can talk about uh some sort of an issue maybe a question whatever uh 855-450-FREE so According to Glenn Garvin over at the Miami Herald, one of their columnists, he writes about the police. He says, I owe Kyle Vaught an apology, a former military policeman. He's now a member of a group called Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. And we're very familiar with LEAP on this program. Certainly. Uh, in fact, here locally in Keene, the guy that runs the jail is a Law Enforcement Against Prohibition member. Uh, so... Not you know he could be a worse jail warden. Yeah, he could be definitely worse. I think, and that could be said about a lot of the police and and uh, people here in Keene. Uh, Absolutely true. Now it's a group of former cops, prosecutors, and judges that supports ending the war on drugs. Now, when Garvin says, when I interviewed Vaught for a column earlier this year, everything he said about the high cost and low results of the war on drugs made perfect sense. But he made one claim, which though I smiled politely, I didn't believe, and didn't use in my column. His claim was that dozens and dozens of drug cops have contacted LEAP to express their support. He said they're afraid. Any policeman who says he thinks drugs should be legalized gets fired. In Civil Liberties Conscious America, patrolled by an attack squadrons of ACLU lawyers, get real, buddy, I thought. The war on drugs does enough damage without piling on with paranoid delusions. But in the war on drugs, the line between paranoia and reality turns out to be a thin one indeed. Over the weekend, the New York Times carried a story on Brian Gonzalez, a young agent fired by the U.S. Border Patrol. Grounds for dismissal? We talked about this case on Free Talk Live. Gonzalez told another agent that legalizing marijuana would save lives both in the United States and Mexico. 
Right, and this was a private conversation he had within his cruiser, you know, like you have with your coworkers. Sure. And he mentioned law enforcement against prohibition yes. in that conversation. And when the other agent reported, snitched on him, uh, the conversation to his superiors, it triggered, triggered an internal affairs investigation that ended with an official letter dismissing Gonzalez for holding, quote, personal views that were contrary to core characteristics of Border Patrol agents, which are patriotism, dedication, and esprit de corps. Comrade, you didn't toe the line. That's right. 855-453, the SACL CAI toll free line. War about the war on drugs and the enforcers of it here in a moment. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves at 855-450-FREE. It's the week leading up to Christmas. We're here every single night. So stay tuned for more live programming throughout the uh, the weekend here at Free Talk Live. And if you don't get Free Talk Live every single night on your local talk radio station, there are ways to remedy that. And one of them is to contact your local talk station and show them some appreciation for programming that you do like. If they carry some Free Talk Live, tell them thanks and then ask them really nicely to add some more or some free talk live to their radio station you could do it you can and it, it makes a difference because they appreciate hearing from uh, positive comments from oh customers. and they also appreciate hearing from people that are local that actually listen to their radio station absolutely right and if you're not bitching at them then they're much more likely to you know to appreciate what you have to say so go to uh, uh, your local phone book or you can go to local fact Wow, do people use phone books anymore? Go to your <laughs> your, your local Google yeah. or whatever you use to find local information, and uh, you can find your local station contact info that way. Or you can post over at the Free Talk Live BBS and get more uh, information that way. There's a local area there to help folks kind of connect with local radio stations. You can go to localfact.freetalklive.com to learn how to do that, localfaq.freetalklive.com. And this is a perfect time of the year to be making phone calls like that because a lot of program directors are, are considering their contracts. You know, A lot of contracts come up for renewal at the end of the year, and so this is a good time for them to be looking at other options for programming for 2012. So, local fact, localfaq.freetalklive.com. We're talking about law enforcement against prohibition. And it's an interesting piece from Glenn Garvin over at the Miami Herald who admits that while talking to a former uh, military police officer about law enforcement against prohibition, he believed a lot of what this uh, former cop said. But the thing he didn't believe was that the police, who are actual drug enforcers, believe the war on drugs should end. And he couldn't believe that. Well, my sister was a uh, a police. Uh, she was a part of the security police or the the military police for the Air Force. And uh, after nine eleven, she was activated. So she was active duty. She was National Guard prior to that, but then they activated her. She was still in the National Guard component, but active duty. And so, as far as I know from talking with her, that is the the security police didn't take that, that job of, of like drug enforcement very seriously at all. They were probably using drugs, some of yeah, them they, Some of them, no. Most of them, they couldn't because they were drug tested so often hmm. 
But she told me that many of them wish they could. Many of them wish they could, and when they went home and, and some of their time off, they wish they could do a little bit of pot. Or Because plenty of their, I would imagine, cohorts were in the military. Exactly. And you're saying they were looking the other way because of that. Right. Well, it just wasn't sort of like, um, you know, it wasn't a pressing issue. For them, it was like security of the base and sure. whatnot. That was, that was the main issue. But as far as the drug stuff was concerned, they, they oftentimes looked the other way or, you know, just didn't, didn't care. Good on them. I, I mean, I like hearing about those stories where police officers quietly are doing the right thing. I just wish they were more than quiet about it, but I don't blame them right. because they get afraid because they hear stories like this uh, gentleman in the, who was in the Border Patrol, Brian Gonzalez, who made comments, simply made comments privately to another uh, one of his agents about how he supported legalizing marijuana. And the other agent snitched him out. They fired him. And they said that the reason why they fired him was because he held personal views that were contrary to the core characteristics of Border Patrol agents, which are patriotism, dedication, and esprit de corps. And according to Glenn Garvin at uh, MiamiHerald.com, he says, for starters, that sentence is a flat-out lie. The Border Patrol's core values, according to its own website, are serving the American public with vigilance, integrity, and professionalism. There's not a single word about patriotism, dedication, or esprit de corps. But what if there was? Since when is it unpatriotic to advocate a change in the U.S. criminal code? When it goes against the current party line of the two-party system, right, which the is state actually line. one party. Yeah, the yeah. state line, exactly. Uh, when it threatens the, the existing status quo, apparently. If Gonzalez had told his fellow Border Patrol agent he thought prison terms for drug smugglers should be doubled, would that have been unpatriotic as well? Or is it only patriotic to um, to envision more pe- penalties? Would that be patriotic to say he wants prison terms doubled? Because, well, America's known for putting as many people in, po- in prison as possible, and so putting them in longer is an even more patriotic thing to do? Well, of course. This is America. We want to imprison people the best in the world. Gonzalez did not light up a joint or bring a pan of Alice B. Toklas brownie or Tokius brownies to work. He did not let a drug smuggler go. He didn't even sell guns to the Sinaloa cartel. All he did was express an opinion. But as Kyle Vaught, former police officer, tried to tell me, having the wrong opinion about the war on drugs is enough to get you fired from a law enforcement job these days. Last month, former Arizona probation officer Joe Miller filed suit to get his job back after being fired for signing a letter in support of a ballot initiative in another state to legalize personal use of marijuana. We heard about that one. Jonathan Wender, a sergeant in the Mount Lake Terrace, Washington Police Department, was fired for supporting the decriminalization of marijuana. He won a court case that got him an $815,000 settlement plus his job back, but decided to quit anyway. Sounds awfully familiar. We know one officer up here, Brad Jardis, who was a member of law enforcement against prohibition while still a police officer, and they attempted to fire him for that. He ended up rescuing his job with a huge outpouring of public support behind him. But like this uh, Jonathan Wender, Brad Jardis decided he no longer wished to work for these people. Right. It's probably a very uncomfortable working situation when your coworkers are are just zealots uh, about the law and the party line and they can't stand being around you because well you spoke you're a heretic you're a blasphemer you're speaking out against uh the prophet or whatever they want to equate the state to well just think i mean if somebody within the ranks begins speaking out against what the rank and file are doing it could cause derision it could cause uh you know d- division i guess in between the, Damage, uh, the police officers yeah damaging the chain of obedience
and that can really be a problematic thing. Uh, Canada, which hosted so many American draft dodgers trying to stay out of the war in Vietnam, is apparently taking a less tolerant view of dissent from its own war on drugs. When city officials in Victoria, British Columbia, invited local cop David Bratzer to give a speech outlining his support for legalization, Bratzer's chief canceled the speech, then warned him to not criticize drug laws while within the city limits. Wow. Clearly, the war on drugs has escalated to a war on talking about the war on drugs. And why shouldn't it? They don't want people to talk about these ideas because the more people talk about the future, the more you speak what you want to see happen, the more likely it is to happen. Well, not only that, but I think the more conversation you have about some of these topics, the more open-minded people will become. If you want people to remain closed-minded and ignorant... Don't talk about things. Don't even bring it up. Don't even just imagine it doesn't exist as as like the elephant in the room that you you pretend not to see. That's but what com- this is about. Conversation facilitates comfort. It facilitates open mindedness, and it also facilitates resolution. Right, and breaking down myths as exactly. well, and uh, and lies that we've been told. And I'm glad to see this columnist here. You know, he's a, he's basically spending a whole column apologizing. He's he's admitting he was wrong, and he says that I'm sorry I doubted Vought. As the old joke goes, even paranoids have real enemies, though no one's laughing at this one. Well, I think the big part going on here is the state, especially the law enforcement, and I say this on the show several times, they deal in fear, okay? They peddle fear as their one of their weapons. Of course, right. another weapon is violence. So it's fear of violence or violence. And when you are, are so closely related to such a subject as fear and violence, you are naturally very inclined to be intimidated by that same fear and, and same uh, fear of violence. So... I think a lot of the, the the individuals working in law enforcement are their own worst enemy in some respect as far as their mindset is is just used to dealing in such negative energies and such negative thoughts as fear and violence that they are very susceptible to becoming overwhelmed by that same thought. And that's, that's just a theory I've been working on as far as just the fear idea. Fear is very overwhelming. Exactly. Yeah, you, can, you can be absorbed by it. Yep. Let's talk to Creighton listening in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and JJ. Hey, Creighton. How are you today? What's on your mind tonight, Good, sir? Well, I got a question for you guys about okay. health care. Um, sure. But before I ask that question, I want—I I was wondering how do I get a phone book on my Kindle? I can't find that one. <laughs> uh, can you go to websites on the Kindle? <laughs> I was joking. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know. Oh. If, I didn't know if you could. I—I've I, never used a Kindle. Yeah, either have I. I know that they have I mean, Kindles I, that are uh, that do have web, like the new Fire one. I think probably has web, but the. The original black and white one. Do you do you get I, web on that? I do not. I don't think you do. I see. So you don't I, actually I, have not a Kindle. Of mine. Okay, so uh, you, but, you, ha- you have a Kindle and you've never gone on the web with it. I've never tried to do that. I don't Got believe it, it can. Um, Understood. My question is a practical question, and it's been nagging at me for a little while about uh, concerning you guys specifically up in Keene um, about health care, not. Actual health care, not health coverage. Okay. How do you guys actually manage it in an activist group, which or a majority of you appear to not to be self-employed or or otherwise not associated with a corporation somehow? Well, that's a fine question. Uh, let's come back and talk about that here in a moment. How do people who are not uh, incorporated, so to speak, working for some big company, handle their own personal health care situations? 
855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I'm not sure what it has to do with Keen, but it's Free Talk Live. From filmmaker A.I. Wintermute comes the feature-length documentary, Liberty in Our Lifetime. It chronicles the real-life activists who have moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and the many ways in which they seek to live free. But he needs your help to get this important story off the ground. Visit LibertyDocumentary.com, watch the trailer, and find out how you can help bring this film to life. That's LibertyDocumentary.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are kicking off the third hour of the program. You are invited to bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number, 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. And joining you this evening, it's Ian. And JJ. We will continue taking your calls at 855-450-FREE. Also invite you to the website at freetalklive.com. You'll find that the features there we give to you. So unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for their sites, it's all free over at freetalklive.com. So head on over there and enjoy. And you can create the content of the site. Everything you see there on the front page with the numbers, those items with numbers next to them, those were created by you, listeners like you. You can go and find whatever link you like on the web on the web somewhere. You copy that link, post it over on our site as show prep, and then other listeners can vote it up or down, and you get to vote on things too. And the most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the site, meaning more people see it. So go to freetalklive.com. Get interactive there as we go back to Creighton, Listening in Kentucky, uh, you've called in tonight, Crichton, to talk about uh, health care and specifically a question of how do you do it if you aren't tied in with some corporation? You you brought up Keen for some reason, and I guess it's simply because there's a, a large amount of liberty-minded people here that uh, maybe more of them consider themselves entrepreneurs or trying to work in the uh, the agora, work without uh, governmental permission, work outside of the corporate world. Uh, I don't know how true that is. I think a lot of people here have uh, jobs with with companies. Uh, but all that said, your question is, how do you handle health care if you don't have one of those corporate jobs? Well, yeah, that's basically what I'm uh, what I'm asking. Uh, uh, like, you, you pay cash. Uh, I mean, that's how you do it, unless right. you have health insurance. Well, there, there's there's several different methods outside of going to a, a normal, I guess, hospital routine. There's a, there's a lot of information within the community and, and a lot of individuals willing to look out, uh, looking for information, whether it's Google or you know, WebMD. That's a great site. Many different, many different sites in going and taking that information and treating themselves in many respects. I think um, there's also individuals within our circle of friends that are medical professionals, whether they're EMTs, they're nurses. There's also individuals who are, are pursuing uh, degrees in, in doctor and you know physician type degrees. So. There's a lot of information to be to be had, and it's not like uh, consulting your doctor in which they want to obviously guard and protect what information they give you. They want to give you only what information you need because they want you to come back and talk to them, whereas a lot of these individuals are willing to give you a lot of information, and using that information, you can best decide how to serve yourself or, or fix yourself. There are also uh, kind of people pass around word about doctors that are more friendly to cash payers, for instance. Uh, there was a, There's a cash doctor that's probably about 40 minutes outside of Keene, and I heard there's another one, maybe like a half an hour outside of Keene, that uh, does take 
cash and offers a 20% discount uh, for people that are paying cash. So that kind of information makes its way around the activist community. People recommend uh, options like that. But, you know, I mean, if you don't have uh, corporate health care, then you've got to pay for it out out of pocket or you've got to, you know, get your own health care. Fortunately, I'm fairly young. I mean, I'm in my early 30s and I'm in good uh, good health, at least as far as I can tell. I get sick occasionally. Um, but uh, besides that, you know, I'm in a, a time in my life where fortunately I'm not having to spend uh, much time in uh, in a hospital. I, I, I tried to get health insurance a few years ago just because, you know, I heard it was important. I'm getting older. Maybe I should look at this now. And I was denied. They wouldn't let me get health insurance because I was honest with them. And I told them that I had used uh, a drug within the last uh, few, you know, few years. And they're like, well, if you've used it within the last uh, X years, you can't, we can't cover you. So, so I guess I shouldn't have been honest with them. But all that said, some people would say that for the amount of money folks would spend on health insurance, if they would just sock it away in a savings account, they'd be better off in the in the long run, and maybe only get like catastrophic uh, kind of health health insurance, where you, the little stuff you take care of yourself with your savings, and the big stuff, the health insurance would kick into uh, to cover that. Well, I actually have a medical savings account for myself yeah. and my family. But that wouldn't apply to you because that's basically just a tax avoidance method. Um, so that that wouldn't even help you. Yeah, I see uh, what you're saying. Well, I mean, you know, you could just have a savings account and you can put money in there rather than than paying into an insurance uh, company. I think also, it, you know, a healthy lifestyle is very important too, and and being happy. I think. A lot of the individuals that move here may not have been so happy where they were because of many different variables, including not having friends around to talk about uh, their passionate ideas. And now that they've moved here, I think a lot of people find more happiness. They live what I I can tell from from my experience in interacting, uh, positive lives in, in, in many respects. And, and I think that has a, a lot to do with, with being a healthy person, mind, body, spirit, or however you want to see it. It's like it's not just it's not just, you know, whether you you go to get your checkups, but it's also whether or not you have a positive mind frame about a lot of things. And if you're you're dealing in positive terms and your actions are positive, I think that reflects and manifests itself in your body through being healthy and whatnot. Now, and the contrary is like a lot of the individuals we're interacting with in the bureaucracy, especially this this one, Mr. Tebow, the angry little uh, troll at he, the local courthouse. He looks like he's a bad person. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at this individual, and 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 I'm not trying to comment on whether he's a good-looking person or not, but simply to say that when I first look at this individual, I'm like, wow, this is a little troll, dude. I mean. <laughs> it's. I mean, and I'm sorry if that's if that's you know judgmental or whatever. He's but, a little hunched over. He's uh, get, you know got the the perma frown. Yeah, uh, he's he's got this this goofy face that's just like he, he delights himself in hurting people. Yeah, and he does. He's and I think that manifests itself. His, his attitude attitude manifests itself in his own physical nature. Yes. And the same thing can be said for people who have a positive attitude and a positive outlook and are actually working to improve and and be the change they want to see in the world. I think that's true. It's kind of a metaphysical uh, viewpoint, but I think there's a lot of truth to the idea that many health uh, issues are in some ways manifested by your mind that, uh, you know, if if you're not thinking healthy, then you may not end up being healthy. Exactly. 
there's something to that. I mean, if you look at uh, like placebo effect, I think that gives you evidence of that. Uh, for instance, where people are, I mean, if you're not familiar with the placebo effect, uh, it's where you, you're administered sugar pills in uh, clinical trials instead of the supposed active medication. And by all golly, the, the sugar pills work too. Right. Because you're told when you take it that this is the pill. This is the pill that's going to help you. And if you believe that, then it does. In a lot of cases. Well, also the voluntary family aspect, too, is, is that there's a lot of love in this community. There's a lot of caring about individuals and, and actually working to help them. It's not just like, oh, it's too bad that you had this happen. It's more like, oh, it's too bad you had this happen. How can I help you? Right. Uh, when our friends were arrested yesterday, uh, Jason Talley from Talley.tv and Kelly, who's a newer mover from Arizona, uh, when they were arrested in court, it's not like we just shrugged our shoulders and said, gosh, and then when you know went home, people went out to the jail. They went outside with video cameras. Uh, they were you know they were doing anything they could think of to assist that. We were talking with the sheriff's department about getting keys for Kelly's truck so we can move that and take it to somewhere where it's not going to get towed. And you know looking into retrieving their cell phones from court security so they didn't have to sit in there. I mean trying to think of whatever we could do to uh, to assist in those areas. So that that helps too because when you're dealing with an arrest and dealing with a situation like that, so there's a lot of stress involved. And it's nice if you can get out and find out. Oh yeah. My my truck's already been moved, and you know uh, my stuff was was collected uh, from the courtroom, and I don't have yeah, to worry about that stuff. Yeah, someone called my work, and right. you know things like that. So, does that answer your question, Crichton? Yes, it does. I was just mostly just curious how you guys managed it up there with uh, so many people, because I know that if I if I took off work to go, like you said, like talk about uh, officers not not towing the party line and getting laid off. I know if I took off work to go do activism, I want to get resistance back, and uh, there's there's no way to avoid that. So I know that a lot of your activist people up there have to have an independent income in order to be able to do that on a consistent basis, like you, for example. Sure. Yeah, I have a, a very great freedom in the amount of time I can spend on activism, thank goodness, because I'm in a point in my life where that's possible. But there's a lot of people that are up here. I would say the majority of people have day-to-day jobs, things that they do, places they have to be, and they're not taking uh, time off necessarily to, to do activism. It's just that if you get enough people together, and that's what's so critical and what we, we still, you know, we're still striving for here is to bring more people to yes. New Hampshire – the more people you can get together, the more likely you're going to have different people working at different times. So it's not about taking time off as it is just doing what you can in the time that you have. And if you've got 200 activists from which to choose, maybe 20 of them will be able to make it out at 8 a.m. on a Monday morning because they don't have to work until noon. Or, you know, they've got that day off and they work the next day. And uh, each time something is, is uh, an op- activist opportunity, different people can come out to it. More coming up Free Talk Live. Thanks, Craig. DigEdPress.com is your home for illustrated science fiction and adventure. Escape from Terra, Volume 2, continues the bold adventures of intrepid space pioneers as they find wealth, freedom, and a giant Elvis-hidden interplanetary space. Phoenix Crumb is where Swashbuckle meets Steampunk in this offbeat space pirate saga written by L. Neil Smith and illustrated by Scott Beezer. Both books are $14.95 each and available now at BigHeadPress.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. We will take your calls about whatever's on your mind. 
And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And JJ. Don't forget, uh, you can join JJ over at uh, Freekeen TV. Well, not really. You're not on the show. But you are the guy who's behind uh, Freekeen TV. And you've been doing a great job with it. Coming up soon on episode 26, you're going to reach a half a year of doing Freekeen TV. That's right. Very soon, which is exciting. Um, and it's a half an hour long weekly program that actually airs live here in Keene, New Hampshire, where we do this radio program. But it's also available, of course, via YouTube later on, a couple days later. Usually you get it up over at freekeen.com. And so folks can see kind of a window into the world of just some of the activism that's not just happening here in Keene, but sometimes you'll feature stuff from Manchester or other uh, activism that's that's going on. Yes, across the Shire. And uh, the show just keeps getting better over time. The talent gets more comfortable with with their roles, and it's, it's fun to watch it evolve. Awesome. So it's a lot of fun to put on. So you can go to uh, tv.freekeen.com to get a, a quick link to all of the episodes and see what that's all about. It's just one of the many uh, media things that are happening here in Keene. It's uh, like to call it the media capital, the liberty media capital of the world. Indeed. And I, I don't think we've been challenged on that yet, though Manchester is nipping at our heels, I would say, with uh, okay. a, handful, a handful of different sure. radio shows that they're they're doing out there now. Well, so. when I first moved to New Hampshire with the Free State Project back in 2007 the reason i moved to Keene was because at the t- at the time Keene was the liberty media capital of the world yep and i'm here four years later and it's still the capital so no doubt. so head on over uh, tv.freekeen.com for freaking tv bitcoins you can go to memorydealers.com to get physical bitcoins go to weusecoins.com to learn more about the bitcoin maybe you've never heard of it before well it's new As of the last few years, it's the world's first free market peer-to-peer digital cash, and it can be used anywhere in the world without you having to ask permission from some government or corporation. You don't have to beg. You don't have to plead and treat. You don't have to uh, sign up for some... form or get a credit check or anything like that. You just go and download the software and start using Bitcoins. It can't be counterfeited or inflated. And now you can get them in physical form uh, with a credit card or PayPal through memory dealers. It's an interesting little conversation starter and a possible gift. You can be part of the currency that's transforming the world at memorydealers.com where you can get your physical Bitcoins. Brian is listening to WGGH Monster Radio 1150 up in uh, Illinois. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, welcome, well, well. sir. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just have a just a question. Something that you guys. I'm a first time uh, caller, and I've only listened to your show for a couple times, and I agree with a lot of things that you say. But uh, something that you said earlier sparked a question in me in regards to maybe just your personal uh, behavior when it comes to free and fair elections here in the United States. Okay. Um. I, you guys were talking in regards to the pension system, and uh, you said that when you're dealing with criminals, you shouldn't be expected to uh, get everything on the up and up. And I agree that, that the government uses a lot of force in terms to uh, bring about its ends and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just wondering, in your own personal life, do you participate in free and fair elections since you believe that the government is um, inherently corrupt. Uh, and also, it seems like you believe in the Constitution, because, and I believe in, you know, uh, constitutionally limited government, but um, it, it just seemed like there, maybe there was a double standard there, as I believe in the Constitution, but I believe that the government that was set up by the Constitution is inherently corrupt, and um, I was just wondering, do you participate in elections? Or, or, so let's start or, with or the second point first. 
and then get to the election question. Uh, regarding sure. the Constitution, I used to be one of these constitutional guys, uh, so I totally understand the Constitution, you know, where it's coming from, and I think there are a lot of good ideas in there. Really, I do. I think that it was probably formed with the best of intentions, but as it's been said, uh, the path to hell is uh, paved with uh, good intentions. And uh, I think that all we need to do is really turn to Lysander Spooner, who said, I think he said it best, by saying that the Constitution we have either authorized the tyranny we have today or was powerless to prevent it. So I'm more than happy to use the Constitution and cite the Constitution as a set of rules that they, the government people, agreed to to follow. I didn't. Uh, but it's it's a rule set for the government. It, that's what the Constitution is. It's not anything that sets rules for you and I. It's something that actually sets rules for the government to follow. And of course, as you have, have acknowledged here, they're incredibly corrupt. They don't care what the Constitution says. They crap all over it uh, every chance they get and uh, destroy as many of the so-called constitutional rights as possible. Right. As soon as they, they burn and shred their founding document, they have no foundation upon which to stand. They are a corrupt organization. The the taxation is theft, period. I mean, that's there's no real question about that. It's, I mean, as far as using force to get their way and monopolizing certain aspects of the marketplace, uh, I think that's, that's all just arguments to back up the idea that they are criminal. So moving to the uh, elections issue, uh, JJ, elections. Yes, I, I personally don't generally take part in elections. I uh, I will probably vote for see I I Ron, I will probably vote uh, for Ron Paul in the primary here in in New Hampshire. But primary isn't an election. That's a private party line uh, system. Well, no, it's done by uh, by the government here. Sure, but it's not it's not it's not an election in the same sense that you're forcing someone else some will on on other people you're just choosing whoever the nominee is and they have to go on and win their I see what you're saying. Real I, I disagree with you on that, JJ. That you would in any way be forcing someone to do to accept something by by voting in an election. I'm trying to circumvent that argument, basically. Yeah. So I uh, I will vote. Uh, I have no objection to voting. In fact, there was a discussion about voting the other night. Uh, got kind of heated between us and another caller, mm-hmm. and uh, I I don't see you know the the claims that voting is evil or voting is violence or any of that nonsense. I think that voting is a defensive measure for a lot of people who see it as a way to pick the lesser of two evils or perhaps pin, pick a principled candidate if you're lucky and uh, and you know maybe have a slight chance of changing something i don't think there's any chance of changing anything in federal elections i think that's all completely a joke and there's there's no way that anything will change there through voting because if voting actually changed anything so they'd probably make it illegal in the general election uh would i vote for ron paul if ron paul were on the ballot i'd vote for ron paul in the, the general election for sure certainly for sure but i wouldn't be under but any illusions that uh, i'm sorry it would just be a moot point if you didn't believe that it was going to change anything nationally. Correct. It, uh, I don't really believe that uh, it will change anything nationally. But there are usually a local elections at the same time that I would go and, and vote in those. And I feel like voting in a local election, especially in a place like New Hampshire, where the voting districts are very, very small, the average uh, district is like 3,000 population. So then uh, there's 400 plus people in the House of Representatives here. It's the largest legislative body in, a, in any of the states. And uh, so that makes it very possible for average people to win elections uh, rather than, you know, the, the power elite, so right, to speak. Exactly. And so uh, so we've seen elections here decided by a handful of votes. 
or in some cases, uh, some votes have been just one vote. So really, there's it's true that a vote can make a difference on a on a smaller, more local level. So I think it's much more effective to vote there. Federal government is mostly power seekers, mostly criminals, uh, corrupt people, with the exception of Ron Paul. So that's why I vote for him. So I we've done a lot of talking, but I'd like to hear your thoughts, Brian. So if you can stick with us, we'll bring you back. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. He's new to Free Talk Live. And when you're new to Free Talk Live, there's a lot of ideas here that may be a little iconoclastic, a little unusual, uh, certainly unusual for talk radio. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves, and this is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Stouffer's, helping bring your family together with wholesome dinner options, even on the busiest of nights. Find dinner table ideas to bring your family together at letsfixdinner.com. To get kids involved in dinnertime conversation, ask specific questions, not broad ones. Instead of what happened today at school, try what was the best thing that happened today. The more specific you are, the more they'll have to say. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Toll-free number for you to take control of the airwaves, 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. We call it Free Talk Live because you're free to call in and talk about pretty much anything you want uh, here on Free Talk Live. And it's live seven nights per week, even during the holidays, as long as we can find uh, a board operator who's willing to be bribed a little extra to come in and uh, and work for us on days like uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve. We're going to be here for you. And as I understand it, we will have board operators this weekend, so we'll be live on all of those days. Uh, so join us uh, as we continue here, 855-450-FREE. And join us online as well over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you'll find on the site there, including news updates. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up there. Again, that's news.freetalklive.com. Sign up for either uh, email updates, Twitter, Facebook, whichever works best for you. News.freetalklive.com. Back to the phones and the fun. Brian, listening in Illinois to Monster Radio 1150 in Marion, WGGH. Brian, you're back on Free Talk Live, relatively new to the program, asking uh, some good questions about uh, the Constitution and elections, and you got some answers, but I'm curious to what you thought. Well, uh, first of all, it's Ryan from Marion. Oh, I apologize. They put a B in front of it. Go ahead, uh, Ryan. No big deal. It happens all the time. The... My, the idea in my question was is really that whether you know the Constitution guarantees the citizens of the United States the ability to participate in free and fair elections. That's one of the benefits of the Constitution. So it seems to me that there's sort of like a double standard that we can pick and choose what we like out of the Constitution. We like the fact that it can uh, guarantees us the idea that we can participate in these free and fair elections. But we don't like some of these other things, so that we will just sort of denigrate it in that respect. Like what? It seems like it's an all. Well, the uh, the uh, the idea that, um, for instance, the idea that you said that uh, I, the the thing, the idea is is that you were talking about some of the rules that uh, in the court proceedings and stuff like that. I know those are not constitutionally mandated, but they seem to me to be sort of the quid pro quo of quid pro quo of being part of the American experience, the American experiment in democracy. Can you get a little uh, more uh, specific? I'm, well, I'm confused. Well, I mean, first off, we need to start off by saying that uh, America was never meant to be a democracy. 
it was started off as a republic. Well, and, republic and if you look at the, yeah, exactly, the and the, the America left that the Constitution and the idea of a republic long behind a long time ago. So as far as I'm concerned, they're not even they're not even looking at the Constitution for any sort of guidance or no, restriction. No, it's a dead letter. I mean, it really so, is. So yes, I, I'm I'm definitely as a as a voluntarist or anarchist or whatever you want to term me as. I'm going to pick and choose what I'm going to use against the state to defend myself at any time. And and whether or not you think it's a double standard, I could care less because the state is full of double standards. The state is full of of you can't do this, but we can. We have a monopoly on violence. We have a monopoly on who can carry guns in certain locations. We have a monopoly on who can touch who. You can't even touch certain people without getting thrown in a cage. But they can touch me. I was assaulted by uh, one of the guards at the court today. So as far as I'm concerned... Or yesterday. Yes. I'm going to pick and choose exactly what I'm going to use, and I'm going to pick, pick whatever double standards I want. As long as I, as long as I can use this information to defend my person against the state aggression and uh, their, their ideas of uh, monopolistic... Just uh, domineering of individuals, yeah. Right. Well, I think that's because we don't have any reverence for the state. I mean, it's uh, as we discussed earlier tonight. It's it's a religion, and it's a crazy religion, uh, yep. a, a dangerous religion, one that uh, pits human beings against each other, di- different people with different interests, pits them all against one another, and says, "All right, whoever can get control of this gun in the room will be able to wield it against everyone else." And so year in, year out, people are constantly fighting with one another over control of this uh, concept known as the state, uh, which allows people to use violence against other human beings with so-called legitimacy. And I'll do anything I can to destroy the legitimacy of uh, of this institution, of this idea. Peacefully. Um, yeah, destroy it peacefully. And so if that means that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to do civil disobedience or non-cooperation or vote for Ron Paul or whatever, I'll do whatever it takes. I don't know if I've addressed your issue, though. Uh, you've definitely addressed it. You've brought up some pertinent points. Uh, hey, I appreciate it, guys, and uh, hope you uh, have a... Um great holiday season brian same to you don't hesitate brian, to call yep, in take care man anytime we always uh, are happy to take questions or your thoughts and thanks for the call tonight 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number uh, we've got joe in pennsylvania you're on free talk live with ian and jj hello joe hey guys how you doing joe what's on doing your mind well. um i was just calling to uh let you guys know um i've been watching i'm, I'm kind of new to this uh uh the the not the liberty movement per se but to um Kind of as hardcore as you guys are. Um, <laughs> I'm new to. Uh, I just to give you an example. I went to uh, Porkfest and I'd never heard of Cop Block. I'd never heard of Free Keen and all that kind of stuff. I was already a libertarian. Um, but oh, excellent. you know, I've just I, yeah, I've got I've, I've started to get into watching all the videos that you guys put up as far for as for our uh, listeners that don't know. I'm sorry to interrupt, but for the listeners that don't know, Porkfest is the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Usually, good to throw that out there. It's a, it's an event that uh, the Free State Project puts on once a year. It's a summertime campout event, and it's a it's a lot of fun. Would you agree, Joe? I mean, did you have a, did you have a good time at Porkfest? I mean, it's an absolute blast, yeah. and for so many reasons. There's so many good people there, and there's so much fun to be had, and there's so many great conversations to be had. I mean, it's just it's an, it's an outstanding experience. And one, just to, to go off before I can finish my story, to go off on a sure. tangent about it, um, one of my favorite examples of just how great you know libertarians in general are and the people at Porkfest was um, people just used to – people would just leave their valuables out wherever they, wherever they felt, and they, they knew no one would take them. And and that's I mean I, there was one guy who left his computer just sitting there hmm. you know it was probably fi- at least five hundred dollar computer and he knew no one was going to steal it which is just 
you know, something it's, you know, there's something to be said for that, you know, I've actually known of of someone who tested this out by leaving an expensive watch on a table for an entire day and they left, it was sitting on a a picnic table by by one of the sites and he wasn't at his site and he just left it there just to see what would happen. It was a $5,000 like Rolex type watch with, you know, gold encrusted this and that. And he came back uh, at the end of the day and it was still there. It's a, it's a good group of folks. It's a, a group of people that really is in touch with uh, morals, uh, because I think you really have to be a moral person to uh, to accept the ideas of liberty, to to understand that uh, it's wrong to aggress against other peaceful human beings, and that in order to live free, you have to allow others to live free. It's a I think it's a very moral. It's a movement. beautiful place. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, just to kind of continue what I was saying, um, I'm going to be uh, I've, I've I've made the decision. I plan on moving to uh, New Hampshire um, after watching all these videos. Wow. I'm definitely, yeah, I'm definitely going to be making the move up there. Um, I'm going to be attending uh, the law school at University of New Hampshire in Concord. Um, so I've, I have full intentions to do that. It's, uh, it's about 50 miles away from Keene, about uh, 20 miles away from uh, Manchester, and uh, yeah, I'm definitely I definitely want to get active. I definitely want to get into all that kind of stuff. Well, it, it all standing. Yeah, it all hinges on you and what you want to do. A lot of a lot of individuals come here with a fire in their belly, and, and there's plenty of opportunities for you to jump at. I understand your schooling would probably take priority because you're probably investing in that. Mm. And I more power to you if you become a lawyer that can help some of these liberty candidates um, sort of uh, sue the state. That's that's what personally I want to see is I understand Ian doesn't like using state aggression, and, and I can totally respect that but i personally would like to see the state uh i'd like to see some of these individuals within the state be sued personally and to have you know they'll just quit their job because they don't want to face this anymore that sort of thing going i hope on. so but um well i see yeah i mean i've seen a lot i've seen a lot of what you guys do as far as uh you know all over the place on cop block and stuff and it's just really impressive and very um you know it's something i really want to get involved with as far as you know, in a lot of these situations, you're saying, you know, I'm a peaceful person here, just, you know, uphold your own laws and all these types of things. And it's just very, um, you know, it's very inspiring. So well, I just I, I'm I glad to hear that. To, and you know, and that's that's our intention, uh, at least my it's in my intention to inspire others. And people ask, well, Ian, you've got a radio show. This is bad. You can't be put in a jail cell. <laughs> and well, he proved them wrong. Well, I have I've been put in a jail cell, and uh, and I think it's important to uh, to do what you say is important. Like I I say a lot about civil disobedience. I speak about disobedience and non cooperation, and I'd be a hypocrite if I weren't willing to engage in that. And so I'm glad that it is inspiring people. But of course, you're probably going to be pretty careful if you're looking for a career in law. Uh, you really can't be doing any kind of non-cooperation. So you may have to consider more of a support role, maybe kind of a legal assistant sort of role, or maybe working in the political system. Because if you get convicted of a criminal act, there's no way you're going to get past the bar exam or get a, get a bar license. Yeah, there's certain things that I can do, and, and whatever I can do is what I'm going Looking to do. Looking forward to it, Joe. Thanks for the call, man. We're- the state owns the land, but they don't own the water. If they threaten you in your home, you can try to escape their tentacles by packing the car, leaving your house and much you've worked for, and hope to cross their borders. But if you lived on a boat, you weigh anchor and sail away. Not just any boat, a life yacht. It's a stable catamaran as big as a house that purifies its own water, generates its own power, grows its own food, and has a shallow draft to be able to get a car or SUV ashore. You can be involved for $1,000 and a commitment as little as eight months. EricksonCouncil.com Free Talk Live. 
Dial in toll-free. Even in these remaining moments, there's enough time for you and your thoughts at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com, where we'll give you all kinds of stuff, like our listening options. You can listen via broadband or dial-up flavors of streams. We have them both around the clock, 24-7. You get the latest episode of Free Talk Live there on our streams. And, of course, if we're live, you'll hear us live. But the other 21 hours a day, you'll hear the latest episode. And they're all free, so go to listen.freetalklive.com. Get tuned in that way. And also on the Listen page, you'll find links to our over 100 great radio stations that air this show throughout the country at different times throughout the week. Our satellite listening options, which include XM Satellite Radio on two different sta- uh, channels up on XM, a little webcam, and the listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. Go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more as we go to you and your thoughts here. Uh, let's talk to Kelvin, listening in Colorado. Kelvin, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, good evening, Ian and JJ. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, are you... Uh I kind of resonate with that, uh, the previous caller about, uh, you know, being kind of a libertarian for a long time and then tuning in to your show and finding it was like, seemed like it was really hardcore compared to, uh, my views. Uh, and so that's started me digging in and questioning different things that, uh, that kind of come up on the show. Excellent. Uh, so anyway, I, wanna, I wanted to mention that because I think maybe a lot of people that tune into this, even if they are already liberty-minded are sort of taken aback by, uh, like, you're sort of like extremists. <laughs> We're extremists for liberty! Well, yeah, it's, it's sort of like the, the, the path of liberty leads to, to the point we're at now as individuals. You know, we, we've come to this point of the principles are very, very simple. You know, do, do not use force on other. do not initiate force, do not initiate fraud, and, and that's extreme, apparently, right? And, yeah, do not damage someone else's property, and only deal in voluntary, consensual interactions. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole idea that—and uh, I get why people think it's extreme, because it's different from the way they were raised. It's different from the way many people in society believe. Uh, but ultimately, none of those things you're saying, J.J., are extreme. I mean, no, they're not. In, interacting with other human beings in a peaceful manner, that's not extreme. You taught this stuff in kindergarten. Right, and then you proceed, proceed to lose it uh, over all the other years of your indoctrination. Exactly, and it's like uh, a lot of other things that are like, okay, here's the words, and we're going to parrot them, and we believe them. But the idea of actually sitting back and thinking about taking them to like the real world conclusions of what those things you're saying mean, uh, you know, like that kind of goes beyond the uh, like what I understand to be the like the mainstream libertarian. Yeah, and I think another reason maybe they seem extreme to people is because, like you're saying, when you take it to the end, you take it to the conclusion, what it says to folks is that things are going to change, and change is scary for people, and it can seem like the the kind of change we're talking about seems extreme. It's a a big change from where we currently are. When you're looking at it from my perspective, I I will speak to myself instead of uh, speaking for other people, but from my perspective, once I've reached this point in my my principled sort of evolution, my ideology of principles, it's like you get to the point... And and I look out and I say, wow, the society we live in is really messed up. Mm. You know, when when I have these principles that I hold about frost, uh, f- force and fraud, and that sort of stuff, it's like, wow, 
How 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 have things gotten this bad? How have things been just? How have people just been allowing this to happen for so long? Mass indoctrination and fear mongering. I mean, really, that's it. it. It's really too too bad that this uh, that more people have couldn't have jumped on to this, like say twenty years ago, before you know we had all this uh, terrorism stuff. Because now it seems like it's extremely risky to to have these opinions because it's so easy. You know the 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 laws have been changed and the you know, Patriot Act and Patriot Act and how the mindset of the you know average person on the street is is like it's real easy to say oh this person is you know acting like a terrorist or trying to uh, change the our system and you know it's, it's it just seems a lot more dangerous these days than it, it would have been. Well, J.J. Uh, told me something ago. to that point, uh, Kelvin. J.J. told me something during one of the breaks about how uh, they're considering, as of just a few years ago, they were considering speaking out against the government, low-level terrorism. Was yeah, what, yeah. It was? what they had in the uh, DOD training manual, one of their first questions, it was a multiple-choice question, and it said, list one of these options as, which one of these options is low-level terrorism? And they had, uh, like, an IED was one option, um, uh, attacking the Pentagon was another option, um, and then there was another violent option, and then finally the last option was political protest. Mm. And the right answer was political protest. So the DOD, since 2009, has been training individuals to see political protest as low-level terrorism, and then you factor in the latest version of the NDAA and the indefinite torture clause, or indefinite detention, I'm sorry, clause, and you you, you see that now political people who speak out against the governments can be labeled terrorists very easily and then thrown in a cage. You know, to, yeah, uh, it's, uh, go ahead. It, it, it's uh, it's pretty horrifying. And I remember uh, some years ago when I used to go to the gun shows and I'd see, you know, all you know the tables with all the bumper stickers and all that stuff, and I'd see this one that says uh, United States Constitution or uh, Bill of Rights, then stamped across it says. Void were prohibited by law, and I thought, oh man, that you know, there's some definite nut job kook that that came up with that. And, <laughs> you know, and now you have one and, on your car. <laughs> well, if I were a bumper sticker kind of guy, I'd definitely have one in my car. Right. Uh, I'm, but uh, you know, you bring so. up the issue of uh, the you know your, your your point about well, you wish that you'd have come on board with this 20 years ago, or that these ideas would have been more popular uh, 20 years ago. Clearly, they were out there, right? I mean, a lot of the books that uh, are great liberty books are older than 20 years old. Uh, so the ideas were there. It's just the, the methods of propagating them were just not very successful. And uh, and so as a result, here we are now. You know, We can't go back in time. And so what we have to do is deal with the situation as it stands. It is a scary situation. Uh, they intend to scare you. They want to scare you into doing nothing. They want to scare you because they see, they must see, those who are in control, the power uh, sickos, they must see that people like Ron Paul are having success, and that's got to be scary to them. And so they want you to be afraid. They want to ratchet it up. They want to ramp up yep. the uh, the amount of fear. So people who are considering doing something radical like joining the Free State Project and moving to New Hampshire and getting active uh, for liberty will think again and think to themselves, my God, I can't do that. They might nuke New Hampshire. They might take a sniper and uh, <laughs> kill us all. Right. Uh, you know, they, or or they'll put us all in, uh, in, in, in internment camps or whatever other fear-mongering that uh, has resulted in them thinking those things. 
it's it, now it's more important than ever for someone to take action. I mean, think about it like that, right? If people wait another 10 years before they finally decide to get active, right. what's it going to look like then? So if anything, the fact that it is so scary now should be the reason why someone says to themselves, that's it. I've had enough. I'm going to stand up for myself and what I believe in and actually do something for liberty rather than sit here and cower and hope, hope that they just leave my family alone. Because the longer you wait, the more likely they are to come after you. And then if you're not around other people who are concerned for you, who give a damn about freedom like we do here in New Hampshire, uh, then what are you going to do? If they come after you and your family in five more years and you're all alone and everybody else is around you is too damn scared to stand up for you, where does that leave you? So you got to do something so, now and start coming, making plans I'm coming now. to the Liberty Forum and, and – uh, Checking out New Hampshire. So That's a fine start, Kelvin. I appreciate right your call tonight, as always. Let's talk to Eric, listening to WMTM in Moultrie, Georgia. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, I hey, just wanted to make a quick point. Uh, first of all, I think a lot of the stuff uh, that you guys discuss is great. I think the dialogue is absolutely necessary. But I just wanted to make the point that we're in an imperfect world. And I think that uh, hopefully you'd admit that None of us are perfect. Of course We've all not. got True. flaws and errors. <laughs> and historically, uh, our form of government, which, like you said in a couple calls ago, was is actually a republic, has been the strongest form of government in terms of allowing people to have freedom and allowing people to, uh, you know, have that pursuit of happiness. So. Tell that to the slaves, man. Yeah, it's time to evolve <laughs> yeah. past that, though. And and tell that well, to uh, t- tell that to all the people right. that are oppressed and arrested in this country today. One in three Americans under yeah. the age of twenty three have been I'm, arrested. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. so and, and, there, this is an is, idea that it was good for its time, right? But now we, like JJ said, we need right. to move past it and and reject the idea of the state and move into a, a new plateau for mankind. Peaceful evolution. Well, and that's let me let me finish, and that's what I would ask you guys. Oh God, I wish we could let you finish. But we're out of time. How about this? Make a note. Make a note. Call us back tomorrow night right at the top of the show, and we'll continue this then. How about that? All right, man. That sounds good. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Uh, Yeah, well, we are nailed to the clock, unfortunately. But that's okay. We do it seven nights a week, so you can always call again. Uh, We'll talk to you then. Thanks, JJ. Thank you. Tomorrow night, freetalklive.com. On DVD for a limited time. Chase lives here. You move back here with my son. Yearly is a bold independent film about the struggles of a middle-class father as he fights to win back his family after being fired for sexual harassment. Reviewers call Yearly superb, amazing, and one of the most honest looks at today's modern man in marriage to hit the silver screen. I'm guilty of cheating on my wife. Winner of Best Feature at the Malibu International Film Festival and other festival awards including Best Actor and the Platinum Reel Award. Yearly set against the backdrop of the difficult job market and follows a flawed man who makes one bad decision after another as he faces the intrusive scrutiny of the courts. Why didn't you tell me you had a kid and a wife? Go to yearlymovie.com. That's Y-E-A-R-D-L-E-Y movie.com to own the DVD now before they're gone. You have no idea what it's like. You cheated on me. Click the Amazon link on yearlymovie.com and a portion of the sale goes to support Free Talk Live. That's yearlymovie.com. Are you firing me, Riley? 